Hey guys, God bless you and welcome to Swerve Church. I'm so excited to be beginning this brand new series with you all called The Chosen. It's based on this popular series that came out not too long ago. You can actually stream it completely for free and it's really, really interesting, really fascinating. I've been binge watching it, trying to work my way through the episodes. They already have season one out. Season two is going to be coming out real soon. It's pretty cool. So we're going to be basing our series around this show called The Chosen. Now, the creators of The Chosen, they crowdfunded in order to remain faithful to the scriptures. This is a, a, a show that is based around the life of Jesus and specifically those that he chose to do life with, those that he invited into ministry, those that he rescued and saved. And so these creators, they went ahead and they crowdfunded in order so that they can remain faithful to the scriptures and not have to compromise on anything. They take a cinematic and a creative approach to telling the narrative, of telling the story of some of these people that surrounded Jesus' ministry. You know, Jesus chose some of the least likely people to be a part of his team. You know, people that probably you and I, if we're honest with ourselves, probably never would have chosen. That's who Jesus chose. He chose the least likely people. And so much of our culture is influenced by the people that are the most talented, the people that are the best looking, the people that are the most gifted. These are the ones that earn the blue check on Twitter and Instagram. These are the ones that you want to go ahead and you want to follow. These are the ones that you want to mimic your life after. The most gifted, the most talented, the most beautiful looking people. That's the way the world perceives. That's the way the world accepts and invites and welcomes. But not Jesus. Now, Jesus took the rejects, he took the outcasts, the overlooked people, the marginalized, the least likely people. That's who Jesus chose. And he made a movement with these people, with these least likely people that has lasted well over 2,000 years. That brings us to this point today where we're opening up the Bible and talking about and bragging about Jesus. That's what he did. What lens do you view other people with? What lens do you have when you view other people do you view people through the lens of our culture, the way our culture does? Or do you view people like Jesus? You know, it's easy to look at a certain person and, or to certain people and think, oh man, that, they're gross or they're, they're dangerous. Be careful. Be on the lookout when you see this person or the way, by the way they look, by, by judging the way they look at first, at first glance. Or, or this person is a harlot because of the past that they lived. And, and it's so easy for us to draw a conclusion within seconds of us meeting somebody. We so easily look at people where they're at and we neglect where they're coming from. We neglect their story, their, their trajectory, their journey. We, we completely reject that, bypass that, don't even consider it. Or we completely neglect what they can become, what God can do through this person. Have you guys ever heard this quote right here? The quote says, every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. I love that quote because it's so true. It means that if you got it together, all right, if you're a super Christian, if you memorize scripture, all right, if you got your life completely figured out and you got it all together and there's no mishaps and no mistakes, well, listen, to get there, there was a journey. You had a journey. It wasn't easy. It didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen in the blink of an eye. There was a journey to get you there. But if you messed up presently, if you're facing situations and circumstances and difficulties, then there's a potential for God to form your future. And I don't know about you, but that brings me much joy to know that. Today we're going to be looking at, a character, looking at a character in the Bible that there's not a lot of info, uh, admittedly, about this person. Her name is Mary. This is the way she looks in, uh, in the show, the, the actress that portrays her. She's Mary of Magdala. 
In some ways, she's controversial, not because of the Bible, but because of uh, some of the narrative and some of the story that people have superimposed onto her life, uh, just trying to figure her character out. Again, because there's just not so much that is said. But, you know, we're big believers in the Bible. We want to look at what the Bible says, right? So what does the Bible say about Mary? Let's open up Luke chapter 8. We're going to read a couple verses there. Uh, and there's not much that's written about her, but we're going to really examine this and try to figure this out. It says this in Luke 8, 1. Afterward, he, that is Jesus, was traveling from one town and village to another, preaching and telling the good news of the kingdom of God. And this is what Jesus uh, was known for doing. He was an itinerant preacher. He went around sharing the good news, right? The good news of the kingdom of God, performing miracles, healing the sick. And Jesus went from town to town. The twelve were with him, and these twelve would be the disciples, of course. These are the disciples um, that were traveling with Jesus. This would have included Judas because this is before uh, his betrayal and his death on the cross. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed. Now, this is fascinating because in Jesus' ministry, you know, it was so interesting. He elevated the morale of women. In Jesus' day, women were looked down upon. They were, they were not educated. They were meant to, you know, be, you know, home uh, homekeepers, you know, raise the children. Uh, they weren't very educated, weren't able to participate in many things in society, but Jesus would elevate the morale of women, and many of them joined his ministry, including these here, that he had been healed. They had been healed of evil spirits and sicknesses. Of course, sicknesses, you guys know as you read the scripture, sicknesses like leprosy or mute or death or being deaf. But it also mentions evil spirits, and when it talks about that, it speaks about our main character, Mary, called Magdalene, who the Bible says had seven demons come out of her. Now, I don't know about you guys, but when I read this, the question that pops into my mind is, what could have led Mary down this road to experience not one, not two, not three, but seven demons? What could have taken Mary down this road to experience this level of oppression? You know, the Bible doesn't say uh, the creators of the show, they took some creative freedom to weave a story uh, of an open door that came from a sexual assault by, by way of a Roman soldier. Now, of course, let me be extremely clear. There's nothing like nothing said about this in the Bible, but, you know, there, there's nothing that says to not. It could be plausible. It could not. And the creators took a little bit of freedom to kind of tell our story and to say, man, well, there was an open door that this happened this way. One thing we do know is that demonic oppression is real. Listen, just like the way God and his angels are real, so are Satan and his demons. They're very real. The Bible says that he has come, our spiritual enemy has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Paul talks about in his letters in the New Testament that we are in a spiritual warfare. And this is a very real thing. And so the creators, they take a little creative freedom to help us think, uh, think about her past as well. Uh, we see Mary presently seven with seven demons uh, possessed, in trouble, in, 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 uh, in, uh, in hardship, in need of saving. And we don't consider what well, once upon a time Mary was a little girl and she had parents and perhaps her parents taught her the Torah and taught her to memorize the scriptures. And so the, the creators of the show even uh, weave this little story here just to help us think. And so this, this helps us kind of think, well, this, this monster, this, this, this monster Mary who is possessed and oppressed by these demons, well, she has a family. She, she has a past. She has a story. And perhaps things have happened to her that could have been out of her control. Can you guys consider that? thinking when you meet someone else, when you meet somebody else who perhaps rubs you the wrong way or who you uh, judge the, the instance that you meet them, that perhaps, hey, this person has a past. 
This person has a story. This person has a family. How would this have affected the people around her? Uh, the Bible doesn't go into much detail, but what we do know is in other instances in the scriptures of people that were possessed and oppressed by demonic uh, spirits, the way that it would affect others greatly, right? I mean, you remember the demoniac who was outcast from society. The Bible says he would cut himself with stones and they would, the people would attempt to tie him up and he would have the supernatural strength and just break out of the chains. And, and he lived an isolated life, right, where they, they left him among the tombs. They left them in the tombs away from everybody, lived this isolated life as well. So certainly no, no doubt that a person like Mary with seven demons, with that level of demonic oppression would have certainly affected the life of others. So no one wanted to come near to her. No one wanted to draw near. Nobody wanted to mess with her. And in the show, they call on some help. So who do you call when you need some help in that scenario? Well, you call a religious leader. And in the show, The Chosen, they call Nicodemus to come and help her out. Check the scene. How long has she been like this? Like what? I'm trying to help her, Rivka. All you're going to do is mess this place up. Then what? You're going to stop by and help clean? The demons Rabbi? that torment her soul will turn your place to dust. Even if you care nothing for her soul, at least... Lilith never hurt anyone that didn't hurt her first. Mostly. She has these spells. We let her be and then she's as sweet as an angel again. Curse it all, Lil! You can put an end to this. I adjure you by the holy angels, Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, Uriel, and Raziel. I adjure you, cursed dragon, diabolical legions. Come out! I adjure you, spawn of Beelzebub, abandon and Sheol by the utterance of all the watchers and the holy ones. In the name of Adonai, God of the heavens, cease to deceive this human creature. I command you, in covenant with Abraham, in the names of Jacob, Isaac, Moses, the all-powerful El Shaddai. Fly from this innocent soul!
This was a messy situation that nobody wanted to touch. Nobody wanted to get close to this. And perhaps you found yourself in a situation where no one has wanted to come to close. No one has wanted to come close to you. Your situation was just too messy. And, and if not, and certainly you've come across others where you've thought the same. Certainly, if we're honest with ourselves, and man, their situation, what they're going through is just way too messy. I don't want to get any close to it. So who's going to do it? If you or I are not going to draw close, if nobody's going to come close to people in these messy situations, then who's going to do it? Well, praise God for Jesus. In fact, that's number one. You can write that down. And that is that Jesus enters your messiness. You know, where everyone else flees, Jesus runs towards. When things seem impossible, the Bible says that nothing is impossible for Jesus. Jesus would hang out with the outcasts, with the lowly, with the oppressed, with the difficult people. In fact, he did so, so much that the religious leaders accused him of being a glutton and a drunkard. Jesus would walk with people that you and I would avoid. In fact, one time when they were accusing Jesus of these things, this is the response that Jesus gave them. You read it in Mark chapter 2, verse 17. He said, it is not those who are well who need a doctor, but those who are sick. I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners. And aren't you glad that this is true of you and me? That no matter how together you've got it, me and you, we are messy. Let's be honest. Me and you, we are messy. The Bible says that we are broken because of our sin and that sin separates us from God and we're destined to eternal damnation. Except that Jesus enters our messiness and he draws near when everyone else walks away. And that's exactly what he does with Mary. In the show, Mary changes her name to Lilith because she's attempting to hide her identity. Once again, this is not mentioned in the Bible, uh, but you, would you imagine being in her shoes, being in her situation, not wanting anybody to know your true self and your true identity? You see, she is not only, not only oppressed, but she is depressed, and she's drowning her sorrow in drink. That is until Jesus shows up. Check out this scene. I don't know what else I can do to help you. Give me that. Lots of it. That's not going to solve your problems. It's meant to distract from no them. No more preaching. Just give it to me. Lilith, please listen to what I'm saying.
us says the Lord who created you and he who formed you. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. This is the most heartwarming and inspirational scene in the entire first episode. It is Jesus entering the messy situation and calling her by her name because he knows her, he loves her, and he wants to set her free. And he does because, this is number two, you can write this down, Jesus delivers you from your brokenness. Jesus delivers you from your brokenness. This is what Jesus is in the business of doing of taking the broken pieces of our lives and mending them together to form a beautiful mosaic out of the mess. And this is, what, this is exactly what Jesus did for Mary in Luke chapter 2 in the verses that we just read a little while ago. Because to Jesus, Mary is not just a crazy lady. She's not just used good. She's not just a messed up reject. No, Jesus knows her name. He had a purpose for her life and he chose her for deliverance. I love the verse that he quotes to her as he approaches her moments before he sets her free in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1. Would you guys read this verse out loud with me? Ready, go. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. And this is what Jesus has done for us. He delivers us from our brokenness. And if you came in broken, Jesus can deliver you from your brokenness. He knows you by your name. There's no need to hide. You can get rid of your shame. You can get rid of your guilt because Jesus heals you from your brokenness. There's no need to hide. Jesus heals broken things and he makes them whole. And this is what he wants to do with you. If you are watching me and you feel broken and you feel alone and you feel distraught, Jesus heals broken things. He makes beautiful things from the ashes. And so if you and me, if we believe that he can do that for us and that he has done that for us, then listen guys, we need to, we also must believe that he can do it for others. It means that we need to see the potential in others because Jesus can deliver them too. And we cannot have this perception or this view that someone is unsavable, that someone is untouchable. Because if Jesus has done it for you and me, then he can do it for someone else as well. It means that we begin to see ourselves as change agents to help others pick up their shattered pieces of their lives. It means that we look for opportunities to help be that in people's lives. And it means that we partner with Jesus to form this new mosaic from these broken pieces. You know, what's beautiful about Mary's story is that it doesn't stay there. While not much else is revealed in the rest of Scripture about Mary, in God's sovereignty, the book of John reveals just a little bit more information. I want to invite you guys to read with me. You see, after Jesus died for the sin of the world and after he was placed in the tomb, the disciples were nowhere to be found. But Mary heads to the tomb. She goes to visit 
the tomb. And when she arrives, she finds the stone was rolled away and she begins to weep uncontrollably. But then Jesus appears to her. And Mary, overwhelmed with joy, becomes, after this encounter with Jesus, the risen Jesus, she becomes a herald of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, announcing that he is risen. Check it out in John chapter 20, verse 18. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. This is amazing because Jesus not only delivers you from your brokenness, but, but number three, Jesus delivers you to your destiny. You see, Jesus took a broken, outcast, oppressed woman and he liberated her from her broken state and he delivered her to be a bearer of the gospel. Before Jesus, she was destined to be, uh, uh, destined to live a life of torment, of torture, of rejection. But after Jesus, she is destined to a life of freedom and purpose and inclusion into the family of God. And this is what Jesus wants to do for you. And this is what Jesus has done for you. Because we were separated from the family of God. We were destined towards death and destruction. But he delivered us towards our destiny. What destiny? The destiny of forgiveness, of, of ridding our shame, of getting rid of our, our guilt and our remorse and our new identity as a child of God, giving us a renewed sense of purpose and meaning and an eternity that is secured through Jesus. And this is what Jesus wants to do in the life of others. Those that you look down on, those that you reject, those that are marginalized, even those that think they got it all together. Jesus wants to deliver from brokenness and to destiny, which is ultimately finding life in Christ. And guys, I don't know about you, but this is what I've dedicated my life to seeing. This is what I pray and I long to see in the lives of my neighbors, of the people in my community, to see people that are far from God coming to and finding new life in Jesus Christ. Is this what you want to see? Is this what you believe? Because I do. Jesus did it in the life of Mary. Jesus did it in my life. He can do it in your life as well. He has done it in your life and he wants to do it in the life of your neighbors. Are you going to partner with Jesus in seeing this happen? I pray so. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for entering our messiness. And thank you for delivering us from our brokenness. Some right now watching this or listening to this right now are experiencing brokenness. And I pray, God, that you would deliver us. And thank you that, that you deliver us towards our destiny. And so I pray, God, that you would make our lives count and help us lead others to Jesus so that they can fulfill your destiny. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.